Let us pray. O merciful Lord, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Proverbs. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. The word of the Lord. Our New Testament reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me, That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love in a spirit of gentleness? The word of the Lord. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. And Jesus asked, Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? 
and are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be more and more like this scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of God. That we would be eager to bring out treasures new and old. That we would embrace your work today, right now in our midst. That we would love uh, your scriptures and the ancient truths that build us up. We um, pray, Lord, that you would grow us uh, more and more to be like Jesus. And we pray this in his precious name. Amen. So we're doing a um, series uh, right now that we're calling Living in the Kingdom. Um, And uh, we're just considering what are some of the attributes uh, that we're called to have as those who live in the kingdom of God, who know ourselves as citizens of God's kingdom, where our, our ultimate citizenship is, right? We live in this world and we seek to love this world, but we do so as those who ultimately belong to God and serve under his authority, And so there are all sorts of um, uh, ways that affects our life, and we're thinking through some of those. And this week, we're considering what does that look like in regard to learning? To live as a citizen of the kingdom is to be one who is eager to learn, who seeks wisdom, who loves knowledge. Um, As I said in the first service, right, this is a great thing to preach at Church of the Cross uh, because I just know it's not very controversial. Um, In this uh, community that God has gathered here to say, you know, learning is good. Growing in knowledge is good. I can't imagine anyone here saying, I don't know about that. Um, I don't need to convince you on that. Matter of fact, that reality in this community um, can be actually rather intimidating at times to preach to because people know a lot and they love to learn. I remember um, a moment of a number of years ago, I was working on a sermon and I found this quote from Hamlet um, by Shakespeare uh, that worked so well in my sermon. I was especially excited because it was like a deep cut quote. It wasn't, you know, to be or not to be, or get thee to a nunnery. This was like, not many people knew this Hamlet quote, you know. So I was very excited to use it. I used it in the sermon. Um, after uh, the message was over, I was standing in back and um, saw um, a, a member of our church at that time, a professor, an English uh, literature professor, whose area of expertise was Shakespeare. Coming up to me, I was ready to receive his compliment and his accolades. And uh, he said, great quote, you attributed it to the wrong character. Um, and I, I even looked it up. I'm like, that can't be right. I think he's wrong and I'm right, but he was correct. So after that, I thought, I need a fact checker, a Church of the Cross sermon fact checker to make sure right, nobody stumps me. But again, it's good to learn. Um, but for even those of us who embrace and love learning, right, it's good to say, what does the scriptures teach us about learning? What does kingdom learning look like? Um, and are there ways perhaps that we embrace and love learning, but that we can grow Actually, in sort of a kingdom vision for seeking wisdom and seeking knowledge. I want to begin and walk through our, our passage from Proverbs, right? If we're thinking about learning, if we're thinking about wisdom, where better place to go than the book of Proverbs? So full of wisdom and begins with these invitations like we see here in chapter 2 from Proverbs. Seek wisdom, know wisdom. Let's look um, at this invitation. The first thing I want to note is what should be our approach? What should be our attitude towards learning? I often we use the term teachable. It is good to be teachable. I, I feel like that comes up in references a lot. This is a good person. They're teachable. 
And often the way we use that word is if they're being taught, they'll listen. Or if somebody is saying something to them, they will take it to heart. And that's certainly a great quality. That is a way to be teachable. But what we actually see here at the beginning of Proverbs or beginning of this passage is it's not just that we're called to be teachable. We're called to be hungry for knowledge. Right? We're called to go after it. And so it begins, verse 1, My son, have you received my words and treasure up my commandments with you? And so the first emphasis is on receive, right? treasure. When you're given knowledge, when you're given commandments, when you learn from the Lord, treasure those things and be sure to receive them. But then there's like another step forward in verse 2. Making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Move towards wisdom. Lean into knowledge, right? Don't pull away from it, but incline your heart and be attentive. But then in verse 3, there's like another step forward. Yes, if you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding. Years ago, I was doing a, a missions trip in India and uh, I was given the job one morning of going to the bakery, um, uh, this bakery right next to where we were staying and picking up bread. And I walked to the bakery. I was brand new um, uh, to India and feeling a little overwhelmed and got in line behind the people who were ordering uh, their bread. And then people uh, uh, started coming into um, the bakery and just walked right in front of me. Um, and they began to call out for bread. And pretty soon I realized I don't want to be an obnoxious American, but if I don't raise my voice, I'm never going to get any bread because people just kept cutting in front of me. So I pushed my way forward and yelled out, right? Because I was hungry, right? I wanted breakfast. And this is what this is saying. Be hungry for knowledge. If you have to raise your voice for it, raise your voice. Call out to learn. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. I read this and I thought about um, in the book of Genesis, which we looked at um, this past spring, Jacob working seven years because he fell so in love with Rachel and wanted to marry her that he was willing to labor for seven years in order to be given the blessing to marry her. And then because he had a tricky father-in-law, he ended up working seven more years um, after he married her uh, to, to earn her hand in marriage. But he was willing to do it because he treasured her. Seek out treasure or seek for knowledge like a hidden treasure, like silver. So there's a hunger that um, is demanded in our approach to knowledge, or to our approach to learning. But this also calls for humility. Right? So hunger and humility. Because if we are to seek out knowledge like this, then the first step is to say, there's a lot of things I don't know. There are areas where I'm ignorant. And it may be sort of counterintuitive to say a beginning point be someone that is hungry for knowledge is actually to say, there are a lot of ways that I'm ignorant. Now, even as I'm growing in knowledge, even as I'm soaking in all I can learn, there's always going to be more for me to learn than what I already know. And again, this should be obvious. But I think because sometimes those who are most excited about learning, right, love to share what they've learned, and that's a good thing. I'll say more about that. Sometimes we don't want to admit our ignorance. We don't want to admit there's just tons I don't know. But if we're not willing to admit that, we're not going to search out knowledge like silver. Because we're going to think, ah, I'm doing pretty well. And the picture we have here is somebody who's humble, who says, I need to learn more. I need to submit myself to those who can teach me so that I can grow in knowledge and learning. I was in a conversation recently with a, a group of folks, and uh, one of them mentioned an artist um, that they loved. And another person in this conversation who I knew was an art history major, um, he spoke up and he said, who's that artist? I've never heard of them. Tell me more about them. Now, that shouldn't have been unusual, right, that an art history major would be interested to learn more about an artist. But what struck me about it was I was thinking, you know, if I was an art history major and someone mentioned an artist I didn't know, probably what I'd do is I would think, 
I hope nobody asks me about that artist, right? Because then I'll have to reveal there's something about art I don't know, right? And I'd be embarrassed, right? I'd think, like, I can't let on that I'm ignorant about an area I'm supposed to be an expert in. But what I saw in that moment was this great humility. Hey, I, you know, I love art. I want to learn more about art. Tell me about this artist. I even thought, you know, he could have snuck home and, you know, Googled it and found out, you know, about the artist. The next time this artist came up in a conversation, but he's willing to say, I love learning, and I want to learn more, and there's a lot I don't know. Right? He was willing, actually, to bless someone um, who could then say, oh, this is who this artist is. Right? I mean, that happens, right? We learn from one another, actually, when we're willing to be humble enough with one another. There are a lot of things I don't know, and you can teach me. And so there's hunger, and there's humility that uh, uh, guides us. That's our approach to knowledge. I want to learn, and I need to learn. I need more knowledge. There's areas where I am lacking. But what is the source? Well, actually, when we consider the source of knowledge and we say, of course, we're ignorant, of course, there's more that we can learn because you will understand, verse 5, the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. We need to grow in a knowledge of God. That's inexhaustible. There's always more for us to learn. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of the saints. The Lord is the source of knowledge. The Lord is the source of understanding. When we gather together and we hear God's word read and it's proclaimed, this is the word of the Lord, we say thanks be to God. We are affirming that as we learn from this book, as we learn from the scriptures, We are learning from God. We are growing in a knowledge of the Lord. And again, there's always more to learn. I can promise you that you will never come on a Sunday morning and the preacher will stand up here and say, you know, I'm sorry, there's nothing to say today, right? We read these scriptures and I don't know, you know, there's nothing to say about them, right? That's not going to happen, right? What often happens is actually as we talk, those of us that that preach here, we'll often talk over and say, what do I cut out, right? What do, you know, there's so much um, to say. Because the scriptures are full of life. They're full of truth. And they point to God and reveal God to us. Uh, one of my uh, favorite collects, uh, a collect is uh, the prayers um, that we say in the service and the prayer book and various liturgical services. They're those great, short, um, concise prayers that we say at the beginning of the service. Uh, one of my um, uh, favorites, which um, Pete looked it up, it's in the second Sunday of Advent. So it's coming up. We'll say it, we'll say it as part of our service. But it says this. It says, blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and never hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. I just got to love the, the urgency, right? The hunger in that. Grant us to hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the scriptures. Right? We can pray that because, again, we know as we sit at the feet of the scriptures as we learn from God's word, that we're growing in knowledge. We're growing in wisdom. We're growing in the knowledge of the truth. But does that mean then that um, to seek knowledge, as the book of Proverbs calls us to, as the scriptures call us to, means only read the scriptures, right? Or maybe, and this sometimes is a message folks get, like if you really want to know the, the truth, the, the beautiful truth, right, the, the spiritual truth, read the scriptures, Everywhere else, you know, maybe that'll help you, you know, get a job or things like that. But this, this is where, um, you know, the, the spiritual truth lies. And absolutely, that's true. This is where we, we learn the Spirit of God inspired scriptures. 
But yet God teaches us in so many ways, teaches us the truth in so many ways, and the Scriptures tell us that. Right from the very beginning of the Scriptures, what, what, where do we start? God created the heavens and the earth. So right there, the Scriptures are telling us, if you want to learn about God, look at the heavens and the earth. God teaches us through creation. Right? And so, yes, God teaches us through His Word, but the heavens declare the glory of God, as the psalm says. As we study the heavens, as we study the world, as we seek to understand how does this world work, how does it operate, how does math work, we're bringing glory to God as we're understanding how God made things, how God set things in motion. Think about the book of Proverbs when it says, look to the ant, sluggard. <laughs> it's a, a friend of mine's favorite uh, verse. Look to the ant, sluggard, right? You want to learn how to work? You want to learn? Look at the ant. Study nature, study creation, and you're going to learn. There are truths there. Another truth that we get right in the beginning of Scripture is God created them male and female. He created them in His image, right? We are image bearers. People are image bearers of God. And therefore, we can learn from people, right? We're going to learn truth from people because they bear the image of God. This is a, um, a, a term that's often used that you've heard, all truth is God's truth. And that's not just sort of a modern way of thinking, um, but that's actually something that's been affirmed uh, by the church throughout history. Just a couple ways of saying it that um, captured this truth well. Um, St. Augustine, who, early Christian father of the church, said this. He said, let every good and true Christian understand that wherever truth may be found, it belongs to his master. If you find truth, it comes from the Lord. John Calvin uh, said this, uh, uh, the Swiss reformer, all truth is from God. And consequently, if even wicked men have said anything that is true and just, we ought not to reject it, for it has come from God. So he's saying, we learn the truth from people, from, from people made in God's image, even those who don't know the Lord, even those who may be, as he says, wicked men. We see this, the Apostle Paul, when he was preaching in Athens in the, the book of Acts. So he's preaching to a group of people, they don't know the scriptures. Now he still references the scriptures, but he also references their own poets. He says, even your own poets have said things, and he quotes one of them. and says, this points to a truth about God. Now, he's not saying everything this poet said was true, but he's saying there are truths in this poet that point to an eternal truth of who God is and how God works in this world. And so this means we can look to all sorts of places and seek out God's truth. Now, again, sometimes I quote, all truth is God's truth. Can, sometimes people, I hear folks kind of use it like, if I decide that something is true, then that must be God's truth, right? And that's, you know, we need to get the order right, right? The truth comes from God, and we see that truth revealed in all sorts of ways, and we ultimately, again, learn it from the Lord. But this demands discernment, demands, again, seeking the Scriptures and seeking wisdom as we seek to grow in knowledge and truth. And part of the discernment that's called upon for us is things that are true, right, often are spoken right alongside things that are not true, are very close to the truth, but actually aren't truth according to the Scriptures. And those things can kind of all come to us together and not only, you know, um, uh, feed our minds, right, as we seek to learn, but speak to our hearts. And again, I'm not saying beware. Oh, I'm sort of saying beware, but I'm saying be discerning what things are soaking in, right, as you seek to learn, what things are engaging your heart, and to seek the Lord's discernment in what is true that I'm engaging with, what actually could lead me astray that feels very true because of the power of it, but actually is not true. But that's, again, our, our calling um, as those who are learners in the kingdom and seek to learn is to discern. 
um, to, to study the scripture so that we can embrace truth in all the places that it's found. Um, so my, this is a rather trivial example, but it's what came to mind as I um, thought about this. Um, I love uh, heist movies. Um, actually, my daughter does as well. So we love watching heist movies, you know, where there's like some heist and, you know, it's super fun. But what inevitably happens in, in heist movies is um, you end up cheering for criminals, right? I mean, you know, it's just the way it is usually, right? You know, they're doing some great heist, you know, and maybe there's a reason they're doing the heist because the guy they're ripping off, he's dishonest too, right? But, you know, you find yourself like, oh, no, you know, the police almost caught them. And then you realize, wait a second, like, should I be happy that they escaped the police? Like, aren't I a law-abiding citizen? Um, And so there's a truth there that's, um, you know, not a truth we want to embrace, but actually captures our heart. But even at the same time, there's usually, and the reason I love those movies is there's a truth of, like, look how creative people can be. Like, God created folks to be super creative and figure out how to pull off these elaborate heists. Or I'm always thinking, like, man, who wrote this script? It's so clever, you know. Um, or, you know, look at friendship and the power of friendship. Look at teamwork. And so you have these powerful truths that grab you. And yet, again, and it's a trivial example, but I feel it. In something like a heist movie, you also have this truth that basically says, life is better if you're not submitted to any authority. I mean, that's a powerful message, right, that comes out. And that can kind of sink in, and suddenly you realize, ooh, I'm sort of engaging in this truth. But actually, that's opposed to the very heart of the gospel, which says life is better if you submit yourself to, to the Lord, to his authority. That's actually the path of freedom. And so to be aware and sort of engaged, right, as a learner, I need to be thinking through what messages am I actually taking to heart that perhaps are very close to the truth but not quite there that could lead me astray. And this is where it's helpful to think about how we learn from one another, right? We learn from books, we learn from art, we learn from so many things. But we help one another to grow in discernment. If you look at our, our First Corinthians reading, if you are here last week, you know, once again, I'm, I'm doing what I did last week. I'm uh, giving you a really difficult, challenging First Corinthians reading. Um, last week it was from later in First Corinthians, and I'm only saying one thing about it, so I'm not addressing all the hard things in it. Um, but I encourage you, study First Corinthians, it's a wonderful book. But I want to focus on 15 and 16. I think this is really key to how do we think about learning. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. How do we learn? From people, from guides. And Paul is saying, you have countless guides in Christ. You have many who have taught you. And that's good, right? They've led you. I've actually sought to be a father to you. Because you can learn from God, you can learn from teachers, but we also learn from fathers and mothers. We learn from those who are invested in our life. Those who model for us what it is um, to live as, as followers of Christ. Right? It's bold for him to say, be an imitator of me. I urge you then, be imitators of me. He clarifies what this means. You can see it in this passage. He clarifies it even more later in 1 Corinthians in chapter 11. When he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's not saying, I'm the ultimate one to imitate. Christ is the ultimate one you're called to imitate. But I've learned how to imitate Christ. I've grown, right? I've, over years of my life, I've developed in imitating Christ. And so imitate me as I imitate Christ. I can help you grow as a follower of Christ. It's a bold thing to say, but that is the reality of how we learn. We set our eyes on Jesus. We imitate him. But we need other people to help us. That's why the Lord has called us to be part of his church. We need those that we can imitate. We need fathers and mothers in the Lord. We need guides, but we need both. I appreciate his emphasis. There are a lot of guides, a lot of people with great knowledge that you should learn from. But seek out fathers and mothers, those who actually can invest in you. And again, as I think about the the challenge of discernment, 
So often that comes in conversation, right? It comes in people who've learned to discern and can walk alongside of us, invest in us as moms and dads in the faith and help us to discern, help us to, to walk um, that um, road that he um, calls them to walk. And so um, the source of learning right, is the, the Lord. But again, he speaks in many ways. And one of the key ways he speaks is through moms and dads in the faith whom we can imitate. Uh, Dallas Willard, a great Christian um, thinker and philosopher, he's with the Lord now, um, but he talks about in his book, The Spirit of Disciplines, that when we think about imitation, um, you think about a uh, person that wants to be a better baseball player, and uh, so therefore, you know, watches, you know, tape of, you know, baseball players, and looks at them playing and says, okay, you know, that's the way they hit, so that's the way I'll, I'll try to hit the ball, and that's the way they run, so that's the way I'll run, and that's the way they throw, and he said, you know, that's got limited help. You know, if you just try to imitate the actions of a baseball player, you're not going to become that good of a baseball player. So the key is actually to say, what have they done to get to that point? What training have they gone through? What practice have they gone through? What skills have they developed? In the same way as we think about imitating those who can help us grow in Christ, and as we think about imitating Christ and looking at Jesus, we ask, what are the rules of life that they followed? Uh, what, what, what ways do they live day in and day out that they're able to become more and more like Jesus? And that takes investment. That takes, um, like I said, humility, as I said before, to actually look to someone and say, I want to learn from you. And it takes a level of vulnerability to say, I, I need a father in the Lord. I need a mother in the Lord. I need someone to grow me that I can imitate. And so that's part of, again, that call to be a learner is actually called to learn under someone else and to seek out their wisdom and their knowledge. Finally, though, what does this passage teach us about the outcome? Right, if the, the approach we have is hungry and humble, right? if the source is the Lord himself and all the ways he shows his truth, what can we expect as we grow in knowledge, as we grow in wisdom? Uh, a few years ago, there was a meeting at Church of the Cross um, that I was uh, a part of, and a young man was at this meeting. I, I think we were planning out an Easter vigil service, and um, this young man is no longer um, at our, our church. He moved. Um, but uh, as we were uh, discussing um, in the meeting, he made a point, and it was really profound. It was really a great insight. And so we were all kind of thinking about that. Um, and another person in the meeting was Sue Oz. And many of you know Sue. Her and her um, husband, Mel, sadly passed away uh, this past year and are now with the Lord. Uh, but she was in that meeting, um, and uh, she turned to this young man after he shared that, and she said, you know, I have a question for you. And he said, yes. She said, I want to know how you got to be so smart. Um, and she wasn't saying it sarcastically. She really wanted to know, like, tell me how you got to be so smart, because you're obviously smart, and I want to know. Um, I can't remember what he said. I think he was pretty embarrassed, actually, but also kind of honored, because um, uh, Sue was very encouraging. Uh, but I told Molly after that meeting, I said, I have a new goal in life, um, and that is that someday someone will ask me, how did you get to be so smart? Um, it has not yet happened. Uh, so I'm still waiting on that goal to be fulfilled, but, of course, the answer to how that guy got to be so smart is probably because he was hungry and humble and wanted to grow in knowledge. And so, actually, the outcome is not people get to see how smart you are. If that's our goal, right? I want people to see how smart I am, then we're probably going to frustrate, actually, our approach to knowledge. But the outcome actually is to our benefit. There is a blessing. There's a way in which our hunger for knowledge is actually based on good things for us, right? Very good things for us. Verse 9. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. And if you want to grow in knowledge and you receive that knowledge, it's good for you. It's pleasurable. Right? There will be a gift that you will receive 
that you can enjoy. And so it's okay actually to say, I want to grow in knowledge because I want to be blessed. I want to know more. Because to know more and to grow in knowledge is actually ultimately to grow in knowledge of the Lord. Again, as we study all sorts of areas, we're actually being drawn closer to God who made all things and created all things. And so that brings glory to God, right? As we just rejoice in what we've learned and we find pleasure. It's pleasant to our soul to learn new things. But there's not only pleasure, but there's protection. Again, another alliteration there. It says, discretion will watch over you, understanding will guard you, deliver you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, and goes on to speak of those who would call us away from wisdom. Wisdom puts us on the path of freedom, right? Knowledge of the Lord, growing and learning, is again, a path of protection from evil, right? And living in lies and continuing to, to receive and hold in our heart untruth is actually a path of, of prison. That's a path of bondage. And so there is protection that comes to us as we humble ourselves, as we seek to grow in the knowledge of the Lord, as we love learning. It's good for us. And then the final thing to say that we see in all three of our readings is as we learn, we share what we learn with others. And so even as we're speaking about learning being a mark, an attribute of a member of the kingdom, so, of course, is teaching. If we're receiving, then we're teaching. Right? Every scribe uh, is the term that Jesus uses. We're all crawled to be teachers, to receive and to give out. And so may we love learning and may we love sharing learning. May we seek those that we can imitate. And may we actually say, I want to be imitatable. I want to live in such a way that others can imitate me. Let's pray for that. Lord, we thank you. There's so much that we can learn. We just thank you, Lord, and acknowledge that that is a gift. We can learn from your word. We can learn from your world. We can learn from others. Thank you for the vastness um, of new things to learn that are out there. May we always be teachable. May we always be learners. And Lord, I pray that you give us opportunities to teach others. Lord, out of humility and out of joy, but may we have opportunities to pass on what we have learned um, to those around us. And we uh, pray in all these things that you would be glorified. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.